Welcome to the theatre of your mind. Please leave all anxieties and troubles behind and prepare yourself for the illumination of your imagination with more tall tales and short yarns. Created by Timothy Carroll and Eric Camilleri. Yeah, no, g'day, mate. How are you? Look, can you notice something's a bit different this episode? Number four, I think it is, here at Tall Tales and Short Yarns. The mood's gone all... Well, the mood's gone so jumpy, you could cut of it. But it's gone all um, pensive and stuff a little bit because we've got a bit of a thoughtful story and it didn't seem appropriate to be all, you know, jollily. Is that even a word? Jollily. Or does it sound like you just have trouble So, Yeah. All jollily jumping around the place with joy. I'm um, jollily jumping around the place with joy. That's right, mate, because um, as much as this story is interesting and it has its joyful parts, it's just part of the human experience. I think it describes it pretty well. It's a long one so far. <laughs> That's what she said. Hey, don't. No, mate, it's not even funny. Certainly not on the podcast. Me too. Um, but. Um, yeah, no, it goes for a long time, this story. Our other ones have been a wee bit short, but we like to keep you, Jimmy. Not expecting, or, you know, in a sense of wonder. Wide-eyed wonder. Why not if we could provide that for you? We'd love to do it, mate. Duh. So anyway, this one goes for a bit of a long time, and it might take you on a bit of a trip. I hope you have a chance to sit and listen thoughtfully to this next story called Adrift. Hit it, maestro. Cyril Browning was a cranky old bugger. He'd been born at the beginning of the Great Depression, and so he'd seen firsthand just how hard life could be. Cyril had been one of nine kids, and with the way things were back then, he'd never grown up knowing life to be soft, gentle and loving. His old man had died when he was 12, and Cyril finished his schooling at the age of 14. After a few jobs here and there as a lad, Cyril had eventually joined with the rest of the young men and had gone marching off to war. He never talked about the war, and when he'd come home from it, he drank to forget it. With the things Cyril had seen and done, he was forever changed from the man he might have been. He met Lil shortly after the war had finished, and they were married soon after. A year later, He and Lil were expecting their first child. Cyril was a quiet sort of bloke, but he was bloody chuffed and delighted at the thought of he and Lil starting a family of their own. Maybe life was giving him a second chance. Cyril came home from work one afternoon to be met by the next-door neighbour who told him the bad news. Lil had taken ill earlier in the day. She'd hemorrhaged, and both she and the unborn child were dead. That was the second last time in his life that Cyril ever cried. The years following that dreadful day saw Cyril fall into the clutches of the demon drink. He was haunted by nightmares of the war and by the pain of the loss of his Lil. The years turned slowly and painfully by as Cyril turned a quid at his factory job and dulled the pain with booze. It was purely by accident that Cyril found his new passion. A bloke that he'd worked with had a little boat, 
and he'd taken Cyril out fishing with him one day. Cyril didn't mind the fishing, but he absolutely loved the boat. Over the next few years, Cyril got himself an old tinny, and he began teaching himself all there was to know about boats. Suddenly, it was 1985, and Cyril was an old bloke. A very cranky and cantankerous old bloke. But he was an old bloke with a dream. He'd started building a huge ocean-going catamaran. The initial project began in the front yard of his old fibro home. But it didn't take long for common sense and council regulations to insist on him moving the project into some rented factory space. The job was too big for Cyril to complete alone, so he'd advertised in the local paper for a labourer, preferably somebody familiar with boats. That's when Cyril met Kev. Kev was a young bloke who had just turned 21. When he first met Cyril, he didn't like him one little bit. And as for Cyril, well, he didn't really like anyone at all. Kev had recently lost his job as a builder's labourer. He'd said it was because there wasn't enough work. Cyril told him what he expected and what it paid, and that it was strictly part-time, as he had a full-time job that took up much of his own time. They'd work on the boat when they could. The two men shook hands and the deal was done. Over the next few weeks, Kev proved himself to be a hard worker. Although there had been a pretty serious blow-up one day when Cyril discovered Kev puffing on a joint on his morning tea break. Cyril went off his head. Don't you bring that bloody shit here, boy, or I'll put you straight into the bloody cops if I see it again. Cyril told Kev to go home and to not expect to get paid for the wasted day. Kev didn't come back for a few days, but when he did, Cyril never mentioned the incident and it was business as usual. Slowly but surely, the big catamaran started to take shape. Sitting there in the shed, up on blocks and held in place with chains and block and tackle, it looked a bit like the giant skeleton of one of those ancient seagoing dinosaurs that you might see in a museum. The months turned into years, and Cyril and Kev had become quite close in their own unspoken way. Kev had a girlfriend, Leanne, who had a number of times insisted upon Cyril joining them for dinner. Leanne was the sort of girl who wouldn't take no for an answer. Eventually, Cyril got to thinking of the young couple as the family that he'd never had. There were times when Cyril had to stop the work as the money required had run out. When Cyril finally retired from his job at the factory, he was able to cash in his superannuation. This was enough money to finance the finishing of the boat. Cyril and Kev eagerly got stuck back into the work. When Kev told Cyril that he and Leanne were going to have a baby, Cyril went straight down to the bank and withdrew five grand. When he gave it to the happy young couple, it was inside of a congratulations card. Leanne cried when she opened it, and both she and Kev said that they couldn't accept it, but Cyril insisted. Within the next year, a beautiful baby girl was born, Annie Grace. Kev took Cyril to see Leanne and baby Annie at the hospital, and although Cyril didn't like hospitals as a general rule, he was real glad to be there. A few days later, when the young couple insisted that Cyril hold the baby, 
He made all sorts of cranky but funny remarks about how he didn't want to hold her. Apart from when he'd been a kid and had had to help with his younger brothers and sisters, Cyril had never held a baby. With Annie Grace laying back safely in the old man's arms and with her beautiful big brown eyes staring up at him, Cyril thought about the precious part of his life that he'd lost so long ago. And for the first time in many long years, and for the last time in his life, Cyril quietly began to cry. Time passed, and when little Annie Grace was turning four, the big catamaran was just about finished. The bulkheads were all in place, the cabins had been luxuriously fitted out, and apart from a few odds and ends, she was almost ready to go. Oh, I'm going to call her Annie Grace, uh, that is, if you don't mind, Kev, asked Cyril one overcast afternoon. Kev didn't know what to say. He just blinked a few times and nodded his head. Yeah, that'd be real grouse, Cyril, real grouse. The boys then had their customary after-work beer and called it a day. Later that night, Leanne answered the phone. Hello? And from what she was saying, and by the tone of her voice, Kev knew that something was wrong. It's Cyril. He's in hospital. He's had a heart attack. Within minutes, Kev was in the car, insisting that Leanne stay put and not wake Annie, but that he would call as soon as he knew anything. When he walked into the hospital, he asked the bloke on the desk where he could find his old mate. Up and down a few brightly lit corridors, Kev made his way to the ICU, the intensive care unit. It was restricted access, and the nurse at the door asked him if he was family. Yes, replied Kev. He looked around the room that had about a dozen beds in it, all of them connected to all sorts of medical appliances and machinery. The nurse led him over to the bed where Cyril was lying. The old fella was wearing one of those loose-fitting light blue hospital gowns. He had a sheet pulled up around him, a plastic oxygen mask over his face, and wires and pads stuck all over his chest. He had ghastly-looking needles and tubes stuck into his arms that were pumping in saline and painkillers. Cyril looked terrible. Kev took a deep breath and turned to the nurse. Is he... I think you got here just in time, replied the sympathetic and understanding nurse. Kev walked to the side of Cyril's bed and reached for his old mate's hand and held it tightly in his own. Cyril's eyes had been closed, but they now slowly opened and looked up at Kev. Oh, mate, we haven't finished the boat yet. you just got to get better. We're going to have such a good time when we take her out for the first time, said Kev, as his voice wavered and the tears began to well in his eyes. The sounds of the beeping cardio monitors added a surreal symphony to these few terrible moments. Kev felt Cyril's hand gently squeeze his own. Although he didn't want to, he couldn't help himself, and Kevin began to sob. I love you, Cyril. We all love you, he said between the sobs as the big, fat, salty teardrops rolled slowly down his face. I love you were words that Cyril had not had spoken to him for over 50 years. With his old heart pumping close to its last, Cyril mustered the words which were hard to form underneath the oxygen mask. 
I know. I love you too, mate. Just then, completely unseen by human eyes, the spectre of a young woman holding a smiling baby quietly entered the room. Lil, still young and beautiful, smiled a golden smile at the love of her life and then beckoned him to come and see their precious child. It was at exactly that moment when Cyril Browning peacefully exhaled his last mortal breath and cast himself adrift from the bonds of human life and died. The curtain now must fall upon the theatre of your mind. But until we meet again, just promise to be kind. Thanks for listening to Tall Tales and Short Yarns.